0: Praise God. Good morning, beginning Church. Hallelujah. Before I share God's word, I want to invite to the front Pastor Mina Nuega, one of our long-term missionaries. Uh, she and her daughter will be going on a short-term missions trip uh, this week to a country in, uh, in Eastern Europe to teach, to speak, train Christian workers there. Praise the Lord. I want to ask Pastor Mina uh, and this uh, Mother Ferdy, and I want to ask Pastor Anna and Sister Christy to come to stand with them. Hallelujah. Would you just extend your, your hands? Uh, Pastor Josie, maybe you can join us here as well? Come on. No, no, no. no. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, God. Lord, we honor this servant of God that has served you mightily. She and her husband, Brother Ferdy, mightily for many, many decades, reaching the lost. And now, uh, in the past couple of years, because of the pandemic, they've had to come back here and and just seek the Lord about a new direction. And now, God, as uh, she goes this week with her daughter, we pray that you will uh, prepare the way, Lord, the people that she will speak to, the groups that she will speak to, churches that will will, uh, receive her ministry. And then surprise them, Lord, surprise them. With people that they may, maybe not even in their mind that they will be able to speak to. But God, you are the one who will make those divine encounters possible. Those connections possible. So that Lord God, if this is a door that you would open long term in the future, that God, you will prepare that way as well. Lord, provide for their needs. We pray for for their daughter, Kina, that she will uh, get better in the days to come in preparation for their trip. Lord, we ask for divine favor to cover uh, this family, Lord. These are your servants. And we ask, O oh God, all the anointing of the Holy Spirit on everything that they will do in this trip through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. and amen. Can we give thanks to God? Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Praise God. Amen. Uh, I want to again promote the parenting seminar. At least take note of the new date we... We had to rearrange some of our schedules, September 4th. Please register at the lobby. We want to make sure how many, we know how many will participate so that we can prepare lunch and all of that. Alright. Divine Encounters. Today, I want to continue on the Book of Judges. If you remember last week, we talked about the vicious cycle in the Book of Judges, right? So, there's an, a period of peace and calm prosperity. Everyone was happy in the nation. And then what happens is that the nation starts to veer away from God's will and God's ways. They get lost along the way. They start to commit sin, rebellion, disobedience, idolatry, immorality. And so what happens? God judges them. God would pronounce judgment on the nation. They would come under occupation from foreign countries like the Midianites, Amalekites, Parasites, and all the other ites that existed back in the day. Okay? And then what will happen? They will cry out to the Lord, Lord, forgive us, we, we have sinned against you. And then God would send what we would call a judge. The Hebrew word Shopetim, I explained last week, is not a man in a black robe with a hammer, sitting inside a courtroom, order in the court. No, that's not the judges. The judges were warriors, were leaders. They would lead the nation against the foreign occupants of their land and kick them out of the land and finally they will have peace again. 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. But then what would happen? That particular judge would die and then the nation goes back to this vicious cycle of rebellion and sin. Then they come under God's wrath. Then they cry out to the Lord. Then God sends a new judge. Then they get peace and prosperity and on and on and on and on. Today, we will look at one particular Judge, His name is Gideon. Our text comes from Judges chapter 6. So the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples... Invaded the country. So, magalingan timing ng no mga kaaway. They know when it is time to harvest. That's when they would come in, swoop over the land. Verse 4 They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them on their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. How many of you know if you cry out to the Lord, God hears you? all right? so he heard them. And so verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, uh, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord the God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians. And I delivered you from the hand of all of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So before God delivers them, He sends them a messenger to explain what's going on. Sometimes we want God to immediately fix our problems, right? But sometimes God needs to explain to us why we got into the problem in the first place. And so, God tells them, you know what happened, right? I told you this will happen, and look what happened. Now, how many of you parents here, you give instructions to your children, and you tell them, okay, if you violate this rule, there are consequences. How many of you know that, right? And so, they violated, it. And now, you're implementing the consequence. For example, the consequence is one month, no cell phone. <gasps> You know, in, in, in today's age, you, you, you know, the Abraham Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, Food, clothing, and shelter. At the very, very basic, isama na yun yung wifi, at sa ka cell phone. It's a basic need right now, especially among the young people, right? So, uh, if, if you do that, then, they, then your kid, after one week, I cannot do this, mommy. One week, two weeks. And which parent doesn't have the heart? even though you, you wanted to implement the full length of the consequence of one month, halfway through, you'll say, Sige na nga anak, nakakaawa ka naman. <laughs> Total, wala, Ako rin nang Because eh, when I see you with that face, I cannot, you know. So, so that's what happened. When they cry out to the Lord, God sends a messenger and a deliverer. Verse 11, The angel of the Lord came, and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, there is no indication Gideon is a soldier. What we know is that Gideon was just trying his best to preserve some food for his family, maybe so for some of his tribe's people, but that's it. He was not a warrior. So when, when God sends this angel to tell him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 13, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? What are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand? Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Manasseh, by the way, is one of the lesser known and lesser prominent tribes of Israel. So Gideon is like saying, already our tribe is less, and then our clan in that tribe is the least. And I am the weakest in the least clan in the lesser tribe of Israel. And I will be the one to deliver the Israelites. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Wow! Did I want to share with you the message that I call VIP, Divine Encounters? Any VIPs in the house? You probably will not say you are. But today, I want to convince you that you are. Usually, when, you know, when we, we, we recently traveled, and when you travel and in the pre-boarding area, you will hear something like this. First class, business class, you are now welcome to check in. Okay, you go in, you go in. And the rest of you are still waiting there. And then they go through this long list of you know, groups. The elite group, the platinum group, the gold, the silver, whatever. And so, you're waiting there until finally your section is allowed to go in. In our last trip, our, we were seated at the very end of the aircraft. Behind us is the restroom. Okay. So, you, you can hear every flush. <laughs> Thankfully, no smell. So, just the sound of it. Even as the, you're trying to have your meal, you can hear the <coughs> you know, something like that. So, I've never been in a like a VIP, you know, in any form, shape or fashion. But today, tell someone near you, today you're a VIP. Yeah, today you are a VIP. Wow, how, how is that? It's an acronym, VIP, from the book of Gideon. The first is vision. God sees us, not just for what we were in the past or what we are in the present, but what we can become in the future with his help. Gideon could not see beyond his present circumstances and his family background. And he's saying to himself, how can I even be useful to God when our tribe is one of the least, my clan is the least in that tribe, and I am the weakest in my clan. I'm like the last one. Uh, in, during our recent trip to the US, I met up with my brother who is in based in Texas, then he flew to California so we can have like a mini reunion. When we were young, I was the youngest of eight, my kuya, that that brother of mine, was the coach of the basketball team. And I was in the team. So, coach ko yung kuya ko. You would think that would be like a good good deal, right? So, kuya mo yung coach, that's good. Binangko po niya ako in a crucial game of basketball. My own kuya was the coach. And he did not put me into the game. The entire game, not even a single minute, did I get to dribble the ball. So I, I challenged him on that reason. Kuya, alala mo yun? Nagsorry siya, sabi ko, okay lang, pinatawad na kita noong pa. <laughs> because even though you did not choose me, God chose me. Wow, may ganun pa, no? <laughs> may <parinig> pang ganun. <laughs> if, if you've ever read any book of John Maxwell on leadership, and the question arises, who is a leader? One of his responses is like this. Go to the playground, observe the children playing. The child who starts giving commands and says, okay, today this is what we will play, and then you are on that team, I'm on this team, etc., etc. John Maxwell will say, that is a leader, future leader. I was never that child. I'm the one who follows wherever I am told to go. So in terms of leadership, I'm a late bloomer. (laughs) But as far as God is concerned, God chose me. I don't know why. To this day, I said, Lord, surely there are others better than me. But then God says, that doesn't matter. Because he's the one who makes the choice. Judges 6.12, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon answers, Pardon me, my lord. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. When God chooses, it's not based on who you are now or your past, but who you will become. David was a shepherd boy, but God saw in him a future king. Amos was a farmer, but God saw in him a powerful prophet. And Peter, James, and John were fishermen, but God saw in them Fishers of men. What does God see in you that so far you have not yet seen yourself? Maybe you consider yourself, you know, the pastors have been asking me about this and I keep telling them, please look for somebody else. And I'm here to tell you, all of your pastors have the same experience. When God first tapped them on the shoulder and called them, all of them for sure said, Lord, are you sure? Are you not making a mistake? Did you send the mail in the wrong address? Surely, someone else can do this better than me. Probably true. But in the end, God is the one who chooses. Not based on what your past is or your present is, but on your future. And I'm here to tell you today and challenge you, God has a great future for each of you. Not just a future for your own personal well-being, but a future of serving God. Each of us here, God has placed a call in different shapes and sizes, okay? Not all of us will be serving in the same way, same capacity, same amount of time. But all of us can be useful for God's kingdom, amen? So turn to someone near you and ask them, what is God's vision for you? What do you think? Maybe you're sitting there saying, I'm not sure about that question. I don't know how to answer that question. Later we'll have a time of prayer to figure that out. Second, the letter I, inner strength. God has already embedded His strength in us and we are to use it for His purpose. So when God challenged Gideon, Gideon's response is, me? What do I have? And this is God's response to him in Judges 6.14. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not Sending you. To all of us, God has already embedded something that you can use to serve Him. If you have not yet discovered it, attend the EGR this Saturday. (laughs) Because when you encounter God, not only will you discover more who you are in Christ, you will discover. You have some stuff that God has placed in you that you're supposed to use for Him. And by the way, when it comes to that, don't envy the stuff that the other person has. Parang gusto ko yung hawak niya, Lord. Mas maganda yung instrument na yun, kesa sa akin. Lord, I don't want the guitar. Gusto ko yung drum. Kasi gusto ko ng papalo. Ako ng papalo, you know. But if God gave you the guitar, use the guitar. If God gave you a certain role, don't covet the other person's role because you have a role. God told Moses, what do you have in your hand? Moses said, a shepherd's staff. God said, with your staff, I shall perform my wonders. Wow. Everything that God did against the Egyptian Pharaoh, he would use his staff, part the Red Sea, command the locusts to come, all of those things. It was a simple Shepherd stuff. Kahoy lang yun. Pero alam ba ninyo, ang kahoy sa kamay ng Panginoong Diyos, eh, makapangyarihan. Amen? Ordinaryo lang yun. But God can use it mightily. There's a story in the life of David. Let me give you a bit of a background first, no? So, Goliath and the Philistines are there. Goliath everyday comes out shouting, I am the Philistine champion. Give me your champion. One on one kami. Okay. And for the next 40 days, Nobody wants to face Goliath. It should be the king, King Saul. One-on-one, King Saul versus Goliath. By the way, Goliath, by estimate, is about nine feet tall. Trying to figure out. Nasaan bang pitong lapit na nine feet? Baka yung uh, LCD? Parang ganun. King Saul is a head taller than the Israelites. Ibig sabihin, King Saul is the tallest among all the Israelites. He is their version of Shaquille O'Neal. If you are familiar with basketball, kung modern basketball, Yanis Antetekombo, seven-footer. King Saul is like seven-footer against a nine-footer. Not so bad, no? Seven feet, nine feet. David is Steph Curry. Six-foot-three. <laughs> okay. So, everyday Goliath challenging everyone. No one wants to come out. So David is sent by his dad. He shows up with Jalibi. Why? Because sabi ng tatay niya, yung mga kuya mong sundalo, gutom na. Magdala ka chicken joy. Okay. So, here is David with chicken joy to the battlefield. While he's there, he hears this giant shouting. Say, who is that? He's the champion of the Philistines. Why is he shouting? He's challenging anybody. Nobody wants to fight. I'll fight. Oh my gosh. This kid says, I'll fight. So they bring him to the king. And King Saul so says, Nah. That champion has been fighting all of his life. What are you? You're a kid. What do you do, by the way? Uh, what, what's your resume? Shepherd. That's it. ka against a giant. And then David says this. Hold on, king. I'm taking care of my dad's sheep. When a lion came, I killed the lion. When a bear came, I killed the bear. And then he says this the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from this, in English, uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, uh, okay, okay. If you're insistent on it, David, here's my helmet, here's my armor, here's my shield, here's my sword. Now go fight the giant. So, picture this for a moment. Steph Curry, size, I don't know, 10 shoes, goes to Shaquille O'Neal to borrow his size 23 shoes. <laughs> it is size 23. Because we went to the NBA store here in Makati years ago, and they would have his like, uh, caricature there, and his shoe size, and you're asked to put your foot in the shoe of Shaquille O'Neal and my shoe is, I'm, I'm like size 9. Size 23, oh my gosh. So here's Steph Curry wearing, I don't know, XXXXXXXL large clothes and size 23 shoes. Can he play basketball like that? No. Can David fight the giant wearing King Saul's helmet, shield, armor, and sword? No. But King I, I can't do that. I'm going to bring my own weapon. What did he bring? A slingshot. It's the craziest battle, if you've ever seen one. A giant with a spear and a sword and a kid with a slingshot. Here's the thing about Goliath in those days. A helmet covers the entire head except a portion of the forehead and the eyes. Because you need to be able to see, correct? So when David flings that rock, where does it hit? Exactly where there's a gap. Kung saan yung butas, dun tumama. Patay ang higante. Do not use somebody else's weapon in fighting your battles. God gave you your own. You have to discover, Lord, what did you put in my hand to fight this giant? Amen? So tell someone near you, ask, ask the person near you, what weapon did God give you? Now, by the way, those weapons, according to the Apostle Paul, are powerful to demolish strongholds. But they are weapons not to fight each other, ha? Huh? Those weapons are to fight the devil. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. And then the third, the P, is peace. Where God is present, there is peace. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. Mukhang ta- natataranta ka na Gideon eh. Kalma ka lang. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. Jehovah Shalom. Wow, Shalom. Jesus later on would say, I leave you peace. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Isaiah 26, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is the rock eternal. So as you ask for God's vision for your life, as you ask for his strength for your life, when those things become clearer to you, God's peace will enter your soul. In the beginning, there might be a struggle, Lord, but... What's going on? What do you want me to do? Why are you leading me here? Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Why am I not there instead of here? Why does she have that instead of me? All of those questions. When finally God settles those issues for you, the peace of God enters your soul and then you say, okay, now I'm good to go. So here are the questions for us as we consider this again. VIP divine encounters. Vision. God sees us not just for who we were in the past or who we are in the present, but who we can become in the future with His help. So the question for us to consider is this, and those of you online as well, what is God showing you about your future? I'm not just talking about your future job, career, etc., etc., future spouse if you are single, you know, all of those things. What is God showing you about in the future how you can serve God Is there a role that maybe God has been whispering to you about in the church? Is there a ministry that you are supposed to join even though in your mind, no, please don't ever say, we still need more? Amen. Pastors, no, we need that. We need more in the worship team. Amen. Oh, para, para hindi palaging the same person will have to play, you know? So we need more pers- people in the production team. Our media needs that. If, you, if you're gifted in that, you know, kasi yung lakas ng amen Yes, okay. We need more kids, kids' church teachers. We need more ushers. We need more life group leaders. We need more people to go and share the gospel to our community all around, not just in Makati, but everywhere else. We need, and God, I pray, is calling for church planters, missionaries, pastors, Bible teachers, and you're saying saying to yourself, I don't think I'm qualified. Listen, no one is. No one is. At the moment God calls you, you are not qualified. Because if you were, you will boast about your qualifications. And you will say to yourself, Kaya ako pinili ni Lord. Kasi babagsak ito pag wala ako. Ay, talaga. Masyado kang, anong matawag doon? Believe sa sarili. <laughs> may may acronym doon, ha? Yung, gandang-ganda ka sa sarili. <laughs> Sorry. No. Listen, no one is indispensable. God certainly can move people around. But if He taps you on the shoulder, don't think it's because you're the most qualified. In fact, probably, you're the most unqualified. Because God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Chosen the foolish to shame the wise. Chosen the ones who don't have to shame those that have. So that no one can boast before Him. If you ever feel unqualified to serve God, very good. Because that is the very first qualification. Is that you're humble enough to acknowledge you don't have what it takes. But if God calls you, you're willing to go, Amen. Palakpakan yung panginoon and tell someone near you: If God taps you on the shoulder, you better go. You better say yes. Wakang magno no. Inner strength. God has already embedded His strength in us, and we are to use it for His purpose and glory. So the question is: What abilities has God placed inside of you? Um, if you're not involved in any ministry whatsoever. At all. Not, none whatsoever. Uh, my recommendation to new believers or young Christians is, is this. Join one that you, you even in the most natural way you feel that you can fit. Let that be like an entry point for you. If you're into music, join the music ministry. That would be like a natural thing for you to do. If you love kids, kids church. Okay? If you don't love kids, don't join kids church. Okay? <laughs> That's the worst thing to go to. If you cannot handle even your own child, don't try to handle 10 of somebody else's children. Okay? (laughs) But the point is this. That's just an entry point. It's just so that you can get into the game. While you're there, God will start showing you some other talents and gifts that you have that you've not yet discovered. Pa lang. My first ministry was the choir. They endured me for five years. <laughs> pag may solo part, they never asked me. I don't know why. So part lang daw ako pag lahat kumakanta. Pag may magso-solo na hindi na raw ako yun. okay? Because they know if I'm not sure about what I'm singing, I do the... <laughs> and then when we planted a church in Alabang, we didn't have a worship team, so I knew how to play the guitar, so I would play. But all the chords I know are the, the, the simple chords, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. The moment there is in the music sheet a number, I disregard the number as if it does not exist. Okay? <laughs> if it's A6, walang 6, A lang yun. Okay? If it's B sharp, walang sharp yun, B lang yun. Okay? So, and I just stop playing that particular chord and just pretend. You know? <laughs> Somehow, nakerry naman for two years. Until I finally realized I told my pastor before, listen, make me preach every week if you want to, but please don't make me lead worship. So I decided to look for a worship leader and I married one. So, I went to Hong Kong and recruited the worship leader of a sister church there. Sama ka na sa akin. Dito ka sa bang? So that's how it goes. So may para-paraan lang yan, mga kapatid. Para-paraan But the point is Go ahead and serve God with whatever you have in your hands. Whatever it is, God has placed His abilities. And finally, where God is present, there is peace. Beyond understanding, it's amazing how once you make a decision to follow God in the path He is calling you, the initial struggle and tug of war is replaced by I'm, so, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm good. Thank you, Lord. There's this like, wow, and other people say, really? Yes, I cannot explain it to you, but this is what God wants me to do. So are you sensing God's peace in the path you're on right now? If you're not, then maybe you might be on the wrong path. Or it's just a matter of you struggling through it until you find His peace. Vision, inner strength, in peace. Turn to someone near you and tell them, you're a VIP. A VIP. All of us are in the eyes of God. Can we all stand as our worship team comes back? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just bow your heads for a moment. God Almighty, we stand in your presence and sometimes we really wonder, why did you choose us, Lord? Why did you call us? Surely there are many more who can do better, whatever it is that you're asking us to do. And yet, at the end of the day, it is your calling, your choice. You are the one who placed your hand on us. And maybe circumstances led us to that, but still, God is sovereign. He moves people and circumstances to place us where we're supposed to be. And that is where we will be the most fruitful. Lord God, today as you speak into the hearts of your people, Holy Spirit, would you be the one to tap them on the shoulder and tell them, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And maybe our natural response will be like Gideon, How can I be the mighty warrior? I'm the least of the least of the least of the least. God says, but I will be with you and you will conquer. Hallelujah. So Let me challenge you this morning. What vision for your future is God giving you today? And if you don't have one, I'll invite you to come to the front to pray that God will give you such a vision. Not just of a prosperous future for your personal life or family but a future of serving God in an area of ministry. Maybe that's not clear yet, but I hope even today from the altar call, it will become clearer. Maybe you're wondering, but, but how can I serve God, Pastor Albert? I don't know what, what I can offer back to Him. I, I, I don't, I'm not as good as this person, that person. Listen, don't compare. Don't compare. God distributes his gifts to different people according to his preference God is the one who chooses what gift or talent ability or skill each person will have we are not supposed to envy what another person has we're supposed to use what God has given us and finally if some of you are in that decision moment in your life and you need God's peace then I invite you to come to the front as well. We will worship the Lord right now, so just come forward if you're praying for vision, if you are praying for what, what abilities that you you have that God has given you and you've not discovered it yet, and you're praying for God's peace to envelope your soul, please come forward. Our pastors and leaders will be here to pray with you. Just come. Let's go ahead and worship. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dear God Almighty, we worship you, we adore you, we love you thank you God yes Lord let the faith of God now move you to respond if you're here today say Pastor Albert me, I'm not involved in anything in church, but I want to be then come forward. come forward. If there is a direction God seems to be leading you and you're not sure, come forward. We'll pray for you so that it'll become clearer to you. Clearer to you. If there's no peace in your heart about a decision and you need to make that decision, just come. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are mighty warriors. God is calling mighty warriors today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. From the Hallelujah. Yes, oh God. We're waiting, Lord Jesus. We're waiting for you, Lord. We're waiting here for you. With our hands lifted high. In Christ. Yes, it's you. And it's you. To worship, thank you, God. You are everything, everything you promised. You're faithful Thank you, Jesus. Don't be embarrassed if your uh, decision point in life of something crucial, or if it's not clear what God is showing you about your future. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray that God will release. His gifts, His abilities, His skills in your life that you can use to serve Him. Hallelujah. If you're upstairs, we'll wait for you down here. If are at the back, just come. Yes, God. It's you. And it's you. Without you. Hello So let's just lift up our hands right now. God Almighty, you alone know what is going on in our minds and in our hearts. There are things, Lord God, that we struggle with about our future. Because all of us, of course, we want a a better future for ourselves and for our family. And we, we desire that, Lord, and we know that as our Father in Heaven, you desire that for us as well. But beyond that, You desire for us to be useful in your kingdom. That you, O God, has a divine purpose and call on each one of us in different ways. Not all of us will be called to serve in full-time ministry. Some of us will be called in the marketplace, in, in the schools where we study, the young people that are here. Some of us are called just to be a witness and an evangelist to our families and to our friends. But then there are some that you want to be more involved in the different ministries of the church. And God, I pray that even now, you're placing that call to be live group leaders, to be musicians for the Lord, worship leaders, production team and media people, kids' church teachers, those who will be willing to go with us on these outreach uh, trips that we do in the provinces to bring the gospel and to encourage the churches over there. Whatever the call of God may be in your life, I pray that just like Gideon, you will receive it and respond with faith. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Don't let the devil deprive you of the opportunity to serve God in a way that truly will honor Him and advance His kingdom. Don't let the devil deprive you by making you feel small because in God's eyes, you're a VIP. God sent His Son Jesus to die for you. That is how valuable you are to Him. And He wants you serving in His kingdom. And so God, we pray today that for all of us, when we sense that voice of God, we will say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then you will begin to show us what gifts and abilities and skills we have that we can use for you. And then finally, the shalom of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding will begin to guard our hearts and our minds so that every step we take, we will have that assurance and confidence. I am where I am supposed to be and I am here to serve the Lord. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen, Amen. God bless you. Those online, thank you for joining us. Join us on site in the coming weeks. God bless everyone. We'll see you again next week. Amen.